It came on a night like any other, with power unlike anything else on Earth. Using beyond advanced active ingredients like bicyclopyrone, Acuron GT post-emergence corn herbicide is here to annihilate tough weeds. Advanced technology, enhanced control. Talk to your Syngenta retailer about Acuron GT. Always read and follow label instructions. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on cranberry.fm, formerly webmasterradio.fm. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Step Forth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital. So you got one hour of sleep. How does that work? Uh, you close your eyes for 10 minutes at a time, six different times through the night. Mm. Jeez. <laughs> yep. That's pretty much how it works. You should work on that. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm going for seven tonight. <laughs> oh, dear God. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. That must be a rough day to be at work. I'm surprised we're even doing the show. Yeah, well, you know, you, you got to do what you got to do. And, uh, and like I tell everybody, I'd rather be uh, busy and drained than bored stiff and worried if I'm going to be employed. There you go. Good attitude. Good attitude. So let's get this yeah. over with. <laughs> In the last show, we talked <laughs> I don't about... Know I, I don't want to put it like that. Yeah, yeah, we pretty well. Get it over. Pretty it's still well. one of my favorite things to do during the whole week, so okay. I'm not going to do a... No, I'm not going to put it down. No, I didn't mean that. I meant this next first question. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so in the last episode, John put it to me, and I stumbled. I wasn't ready to answer the question. So I've, I've had some time, not much, but a little bit here. The question was, is there a difference between a Google signal versus a ranking factor? I've always considered them differently. And it seems I'm in the minority, put it mildly. So I've done my research, and, and, and I even asked Barry Schwartz on uh, Twitter just now and got quite the answer. So he, he's like, no, he sees no difference and thinks it's a crazy question. So there you go. Well, um, well, well here's the interesting thing, because I put it in. We're, we're in a private group on Facebook with a bunch of really well-known SEOs, right? And I, you saw it. I posted this, this question there, too, because I just wanted to get some, just a general feedback. And there was a mixed bag of answers. I think there was – we got three or four people responded – and there was only one that just flat out said, yeah, it's semantic. They're the same thing. Everybody else had some kind of difference to explain what was one and what was the other, right? So I'm not sure if there's a clear answer to this question now that we've dug into it a little deeper. Now, there is definitely a clear answer from the perspective of you go to the dictionary and you look up signal and you look up factor. There's two very distinct, different definitions between the two. And I put some in our notes just to kind of get us a general idea of what the dictionary thinks the difference are. So a signal, it kind of, if you put all the different variations of de definitions they have, it's really anything that acts or like an indication or incites some kind of action, like a stop sign is a signal, or a sig traffic light Anyth is yeah. a signal. Right? Anything that serves to indicate, warn, direct, command, or the like. Yes. Now, a factor is 
something that contributes to a situation or a result, but there's a very specific definition for tied to mathematics that I thought might be really more applicable to an algorithm. It's one of two or more numbers, algebraic expressions or the like, the like being key to tied into an algorithm, that when multiplied together produce a given product. So if you take two or three things, put them together, you get a result, right? And so they're definitely different from that see, perspective. But I, go ahead. So I see that, and I, I don't know, the mathematics, I totally get that would make a lot more sense in, in a world at Google to me. And I guess that's where it comes down to. To me, as an SEO, I try and make sense of all of the data we get from Google. And I, and, and I guess maybe it was a reaction to trying to simplify it a bit, but I really... I still think of them separately, and I'll explain why. So to me, I tried to write down my own definition. So for me, and again, I'm sure this could be picked apart and I can make it even more detailed, but ranking signal is a characteristics of a web page that Google uses to determine page quality through the application of a score. The application of a score bit was one I was thinking about cutting out. But anyway, it's a way to use to determine page quality. A ranking factor and the way I was looking at it, and this is why I attributed that to RankBrain, was a post-algorithmic evaluation of potential search results before they are shown to searchers, a different weighting of the signals already obtained. That's how I considered a ranking factor. And then, and then I went through and I looked at why. Why that kept sticking in my head. I mean, this usually doesn't come out of thin air. And, and I saw the use of some of the words. They didn't use factor. I'll give them that. But, for example, Gary Isles said, in quote-unquote, rank brain lets us understand queries better. It reweights existing inputs. And that was actually a, con a confirmation of what Rand said on Twitter, that they reweight mm -hmm. existing inputs. So I thought existing inputs were more like signals, right? Barry Swartz says, so it seems RankBrain doesn't add any new ranking signals, but based on the query, it may weigh the existing signals differently. And that weighting is what I consider a factor. Again, I can see how everyone could have different opinions on this. I find it a little easier to try and separate all the data. All, all so, the stuff so I, I keep getting. And I, I tried to play devil's advocate to myself. I say, okay, what's Ross going to come back at? I was trying to prepare for your awesome... <laughs> You know, this is why I'm right, you know, speech. And what I came up with, if I if I was forced to say, tell me what's one and what's the other, they're not the same thing, I would say, okay, if you look at something that we're used to dealing with and as to how do we in the SEO space look at these two terms as they relate to algorithms. So we have to look at that in that particular lens, right? So if we take something that we're very used to dealing with, links, okay, we've got a link. Now, I thought, okay, a link, is that a signal or a factor? I'm going to say links are a factor. Now, what would anchor text or, you know, number of linking domains be related to links? Are those signals tied to a factor, right? So anchor text is a signal tied to the link factor. So I thought, okay, maybe, maybe that's where he's coming from. Or is anchor text its own factor? Oh, wait, it makes so this all confusing. No, I'm not literally nearly uh, thinking that in depth. To me, right. it, it was very simple in that sense. I, I really wanted to make them separate. I, I consider signals creates a score for a page. It's what, to me, is what happens after. How those scores are then weighted when it shows up. That's what I was thinking of as a ranking factor. So if the algorithm was a spreadsheet... All your signals would be in one, in a couple columns, and they would all be added together to create the score, right? 
Now, where would the factor fit into this simplified version? Okay, so the, in how it's sorted, you know how you can sort based on different things? Well, so first of all, you'd get the score. Then Google would use RankBrain, which God knows how many things it's using. So, so I, think RankBrain, I, think, I think RankBrain in this example is a pivot table. Yeah, I guess I'm not, I, I haven't used them a lot, but I, I, I think that's accurate. Yes, the okay. way I'm thinking about it. But haven't I put it simple but, enough? But, <laughs> for the- yeah, yes, but, but I'm, I'm still, I think it, it all comes down to how, as an industry, we communicate to each other, right? Mm-hmm. And when we're talking about things, because it's hard enough to learn this stuff when you're first starting out to begin with, because there's so many different people talking about different things that might be right, might not be right, could be old, could be new, could be tested, could be untested, right? There's so much data out there about SEO. It doesn't help if we confuse it by not using consistent language. Right. Mm-hmm. And if we decide as an industry that these are the same thing, I think we need to stick to that. Or if we decide as an industry that these are two separate things, we need to define what they are and then stick to that. Right? Oh, I quite agree. I and, think it'd be great. I still think my brain, which is not mathematically sound, <laughs> I, no mathematics, God, no. I try and simplify things, and it seemed to me that those words worked. Now, if they were the same, as Barry says, and, and, and as that one of the other person said you mentioned, and it does seem that Google sort of considers them the same, then they should be used only once. I, I wouldn't think of using factor and signal interchangeably. I would just use one. Yeah, we should I, pick one. You're right. Yeah, the logics and, would drive me crazy and, and, if it's otherwise. And, and one of the comments when I post a group, one of the comments from an SEO that I've known for decades, I was serious. He didn't even answer the comment about which is which. He just started complaining that since Matt cuts left, a lot of the people that speak for Google don't think about what they're saying, and they use True. these conflict, this conflicting language, which makes a ton of sense. Matt Cutts was very, very good about thinking about what he said, and, and when he said it, he was consistent across the board from what the other things he said. That's not necessarily happening now for a couple reasons. One, Matt was one guy, and he could reference his own words and stay consistent. Now you've got multiple people taking the place of Matt and speaking for the company who may not be coordinating the language and coordinating their their messages as tightly as one person could do, right? I think that's part of the problem. Well, and you know, and and a good example of this is what Gary said, Gary Isles, he said, and this is where, you know, where they really specifically said the word signal. And then it makes me wonder, you know, anyway, he says, Gary said during that interview with Danny Sullivan recently at SMX Advanced, I'm going with the previous Google messaging, and he called it a ranking signal. That's rank brain. Yep. Signal, again, very specifically. Which is exactly what that person I was mentioning a minute ago was referencing, that exact comment. Yeah, and it's, it's that stuff that drives me insane. I, I want to get as much out of this as I can, but when they're not, when they're interchangeably, or when they're using words, but they're being very specific and using that word, it seems different to me. I don't know. So I'm getting I, I, bloody confused again. Poor, poor listeners. I'm sorry, guys. I know. <laughs> this is the let's, stuff let's, we read let's into. Do this. Let's, let's start the trend. On this show today, let's decide. You know, based on the industry and how it's easiest to communicate to the people getting into it, I think we ought to just bite the bullet and say, for now, they're the same thing until we can get a clear definition of the difference, right? Okay. Well, then just for use this the show, word single then. No, no word yeah, of factor. That was going to be the second thing. So the first thing is let's decide they're the same thing. Second thing is let's pick one. You want to go with signal? I'm fine with that. If it's up, but we'll always use signal and never use factor, 
right? The third thing we have to do is understand that we're never going to use the phrase search console and its webmaster tools from now on. <laughs> oh, fine. <laughs> okay. All right. We can do that. All right. So with that said, I think we beat this to death pretty good. And I, and I, I enjoyed this. Thank you. I was a little tentative about this. I'm like, oh, God, is, is John going to be in one of those moods again? <laughs> well, he was, he was, you were really worried when I told you I only had one hour of sleep, too. Yes, I was. I was like, oh, man, let's put this off. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's take a quick break. and we come back, we have a bit more news to share. And yeah, we'll be right back. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at wmetraining.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Welcome back to SEO 101 on Cranberry.fm, hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. So on June 24th, Google said that you could remove authorship markup. In fact, I believe it was Gary Isles put it out there. So just gone. Now, he said, oh, no, sorry, this is from Barry, I guess. Google said with authorship gone, it doesn't mean they know who is the author of a piece of content. doesn't mean... But that's what he said when I first read that, too. Uh, I thought, I don't know if it was a typo or what, but it says, with authorship gone, it doesn't mean they know. But I think what he meant to write is it doesn't mean they don't know. Don't who know. The yeah, that's what, I, <laughs> that's what I had yeah. understood it to be. So when I read that again, I was like, what? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that was a typo on, on Barry's part. Yeah, because it says, he said they have other ways to know who wrote which articles and no longer depend on authorship to determine it. I would love to see how they can tell that. I bet you it's riddled with holes. I, there just oh, seems so many ways. Right. Yeah. Even with authorship, the authorship was riddled with holes, and that was pretty straightforward. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know what? At least 
there was a certain amount of stability to that. There was something, a signal that, I don't know, maybe not. So, so, so I, I leave that to the brains, the PhDs. <laughs> so, so, for, so for our new listeners, do you want to give a Cliff Notes version of the history of authorship and what it was? Yeah, but I might cry. I miss it. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there was a time where Google had suggested, and quite adamantly, that we add authorship. It was a tag to our page, let's say to a blog post, stating this is me, this, I'm the author of this page, and that authorship was a link to their, our Google Plus page. And this page is something we couldn't really falsify, well, not very easily anyway. You had to have an account. Everything was linking back, so you'd link to your page, and the page would link back to that page there'd be a connection that would make that undeniable that you are the author of this piece of content. And they were going to use that as theoretically part of a a more detailed algorithm. That's what we all speculated. But what Mm -hmm. was happening, though, was when your content showed up in search results, at the beginning it was only if someone was in your circles. I'm not sure if that changed, but it would show the headshot of that person, that author. I believe later on it did change when it became, became a real... Like it, yeah, if Danny Sullivan had written something, his photo would show up in the search results. Right, and then towards the end, they took all the photos away before they got rid of it completely. It was a it was a roller coaster ride. Yeah, it's a Google Plus ride. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it was interesting. But they also, at the same time, they launched something called the Publisher Tag, which was very similar to the Authorship Tag, except it was for a brand to claim authorship of the content on its website so publishers you use the publisher tag the same way you would use an author tag except for tying it to a specific person you tied it to a specific brand right that is still being used and that actually has a little bit of impact in local search in some cases mm-hmm. yeah so yeah and yeah like you said i mean i believe that's still existent and still recommended to use right yeah we use yeah. it Okay, so you should be saving for the future, but savings accounts suck and investing can be scary. We combine the ease of savings with the real returns of investing. We call it Save Vesting, and it's only available in our new app, Stairs. Stairs offers 4 to 6% returns, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Do your future a favor. Visit stairsapp.com today. So, yeah, if you've got authorship on your site, you can remove it. Not that it really matters. It's not hurting you, leaving it there. Uh, I don't really know why they even bother, but I guess they can give us some info. They will. I'm trying to figure out why this came up all of a sudden now. Because they, they got rid of authorship. Was it, it was almost two years ago now, wasn't it? Yeah, two years. So is it now? Is it coming up now because they finally said out loud in public that we're not using that signal at all? Well, yeah. Well, just what was it? Four months ago? Gary Isles, maybe it's, I don't know, my time, sense of time sucks, but he, he was saying, don't remove it, that there is a certain benefit to having it, not much, but you know, there was something, they were still using it to a degree, and there's no reason to remove it kind of thing, and now, remove it, so, I don't know, I don't know how much they're talking yeah. to each other, I really had a better See, I- sense of congruency when Matt was around. Unless you're sitting around bored with nothing to do, don't even worry about it. Leave it there, right? There's no reason to take it off. If you're using a plugin on WordPress to do it, don't immediately go run it out and install the plugin. Because when they first got rid of authorship, they go, they told us, go ahead and remove it. And now a year later or so, Gary Alves was saying, yeah, we still use it a little bit behind the scenes. You never really know. So I would say, if unless it's hurting you somehow, just ignore it. Leave it there if you've got it installed. Don't take the time to remove it. Don't take the time to install it. Just pretend like it's DMOS. Just 
do it and forget it. Yeah. There you go. Oh, Demos. Whoa. <laughs> See, there's a reference that, that half our audience won't even get. <laughs> <laughs> and you're lucky you don't. <laughs> yes, yes, please don't don't ask anybody about it. You'll 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 wish you never did. Yeah, exactly. And if you wish to look it up, type in DMOZ and learn the story yeah. about the directory that Google killed. And don't complain to us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you wanted to mention something from SEO one our community. Yeah, so so Mark Taylor, our, our our great moderator over the SEO One community, shared a link and made a comment that I was thought was interesting. We had a conversation in the thread there, but I thought I'd bring it up on the show because it's topical. So the, Moz put out a link to, and they did some research, and, and Dr. Pete showed that thirty percent of the rank that the ranking results in Google are now on HTTPS secure web pages, right? Mm-hmm. Mark was asking, so almost one third of the page one results are HTTPS. Is it time to change? Does this mean it's time to change? If you haven't already changed to a secure site in HTTPS, should you do it now with this many pages showing up on page one that are secure? Right. So there's there's a couple interesting comments. Mark made an observation that these could easily be pages that were already ranking that the webmasters just switched it to secure. And that kind of makes sense because pages are already doing well in search, probably have someone managing them. They may or may not have an SEO specifically doing it. They may have a webmaster. Somebody's managing those pages because they're ranking well and it's good content. So there's a higher percentage chance that that person managing those pages is going to go ahead and make the switch to HTTPS. So they could have already been ranking and just changed, right? The comment that I made that I thought about was, well, if 30% of the page one results are HTTPS, what is the overall percentage of HTTPS from everything that's ranked? So the entire indexed web. So everything that Google has indexed, what percentage of those are HTTPS? If it's 30%, then it's just the natural progression of things. But if it's only like 5%, then that HTTPS is really a significant factor. And yes, you should be implementing it immediately, right? But since I doubt we'll ever know what that big picture number is, I don't think we really can say definitively if it's time yet or not. What do you think, Ross? Yeah, I don't know. I It's still even noted as being a fairly minor factor. Uh, sorry, signal. Mm-hmm. There um, you go, see? Yeah, see, I did it myself. Things. Yeah, a minor signal. So I don't know. I still recommend new sites go HTTPS. There's a lot of evidence that Google is pushing it. So why not, you know, whatever we are, they're bitches. Um, totally agree. Totally agree. <laughs> it can't hurt. New sites, right? new sites, brand new sites, there's no reason not to. Absolutely. Site redesigns, it's probably a good argument to do it then as well. There you go. Yeah. But if you're if you're sitting around, what's my next SEO project? And you got a list of things and one of them is HTTPS not sure it's the right time to move that one to the top yet. I mean, it could be if the other things are really basic and simple and or super complicated and you'll never get the IT department to do them, you know, you got to prioritize based on what the results are. We've talked about that before. If you've got a list of things that you need to do to your website, you make a list. Here's all the things I need to do. Then you put two columns next to it. How much of an impact is it going to have? How much trouble is it going to be to implement? And you take, put the stuff with the highest impact first with the lowest 
path of resistance, right? So you got to measure and balance the results versus the work to get it done in your priority list of SEO tasks. Yeah. Well, and just make sure that if you're going to do the switch from an existing site to HTTPS, that you follow some of the recommendations online. There's actually a, a, a very decent post written by uh, Cyrus Shepard over at Moz called The Big List of SEO Tips and Tricks for Using HTTPS on Your Website. And he gives a whole bunch of uh, common issues that you can face, things you need to worry about. There's a checklist to preserve your rankings. It's good stuff. And it's very important you follow these. There's a lot of ways this can go wrong. And it, then oh, it's yeah. certainly not worth the effort because it's such a minor improvement. Anyways, even if everything does go well. Uh, if so. I recall, a Mueller file within the past month or so, he was talking about the difference between uh, on having to do the redirects between HTTP and HTTPS. And he said you don't need to do them because they can figure that out. I want to confirm that, but because that's a big piece of the you know the whole puzzle when it comes to doing that is do I need to redirect all the old versions to the new versions? Some cases it's going to be really simple if you're on if you're on um, WordPress or an Apache based web server, it's four lines of code to do a redirect for your entire website from HTTP to HTTPS. If you're on a Microsoft box and server, you're in trouble if you if you want to do the redirects. Yeah, I mean, I would still probably do them if I could, if I could, and then leave the old HTTP sitemap in place. Is one of the things actually they're recommending here as well. That's a good old tactic whenever you're doing a switchover is leave the old sitemap in place once you've got 301 redirects in place. That way, Google goes back, indexes the old URLs, and finds all the redirects and updates their mm-hmm. index. Just a very simple way to go about it. And don't do a temporary <laughs> 302 yeah, yeah, redirect. Please. <laughs> or 305. <laughs> there you go. Okay, well, uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we've got a couple of questions to answer, and we'll tie up the show. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Is buying something that is made in the USA important to you? How do you know that it really is made in the USA? Certified Inc. is the only supply chain audit company on the planet which qualifies country of origin labeling. If it's important to you as a consumer to know where the products you buy and use in your own home come from, then it's also important for your customers. Visit us at madeinusa.net and find out more. Go to madeinusa.net because it's that important. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. 
Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Welcome back to SEO 101 on Cranberry.fm, hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. We have a question from Mark. He says, question about updating and installing a new theme in WordPress. I was contacted by someone who wants to update their WordPress site to a new theme they want to purchase. If the content stays the same, will their online or SEO rep be safe, or will a change affect their search ranking in a negative way? Uh, I noticed that you chimed in on there, uh, John. Yeah. Did you want to pipe in what you so said? The, the first question I asked was, are the URLs changing, right? Because if you're changing your site design, sometimes that means, okay, well, I'm going to adjust my navigation a little bit to fit this new look and feel, or I'm going to reorganize my content. The content stays the same, but if you reorganize it and your URLs change, that can make a big difference based on this question. Um, I did ask that question, and he said, no, they're, they're not going to be changing URLs or reorganizing content. So if that's the case, and, you know, and all you're doing is updating the theme, the way WordPress is designed, you have the core WordPress, which is everything that, that manages your content, manages your page, manages your navigation, and you have your theme. And the theme is basically what we call the presentation layer. It's your images and your and your CSS primarily, right? There's some functionality built in themes. They're getting complex these days. But if you're just changing your theme, you're just changing that presentation layer and the core WordPress, including the navigation and, and the data and the content stays the same, you should have no real issues. Yeah, I mean, the, the one consideration is that technology, you know, if it's implementing sliders and different technology and different plugins that you yeah. didn't have before, you know, those things can add some bulk. They can also add hacking holes. But, you know, yeah. from an SEO perspective, you could technically, I mean, worst case scenario, there are ways a theme can have a problem. Um, like I said, these particular plugins. But in general, I mean, if you're worried, just ask an SEO to look at it. Yeah. It doesn't take more than an hour at the very most for one to look at it and, and give you an opinion. That's it. And let's be clear when we say keeping the content the same, right? So let's say you have a page and on your old site, you had, you know, 10 images, two columns of five. You had thumbnails. You clicked on the thumbnail. It opened up a new image, right? Now you still have that same images on the page. So the content doesn't change. But now you have your theme has this cool little plug in that builds a light show, you know, that, that, that pops up the images. So it's a whole new technology. It's the same content. But it's not, right? Because you're displaying it in a completely different technology. That's almost the same as changing your navigation structure. So as long as the content remains the same and is also displayed on the page the same way it was before, to be clear. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Thank you, Mark, for posting that question. Last question is from Mark Taylor. Uh, it was actually from last week. We didn't get to it. It says, uh, question, if a business has collected a reasonable number of customer reviews, using a third-party partner, such as FIFO or Trustpilot, but has not previously added them to their website, will Google see this as a problem if a product page goes from zero to 10 plus reviews between the page being indexed? I would say that's probably not a good move. 
I don't know whether it would be a, a, a violent issue with, you know, would you lose a ton of results? Probably not. But I would say that uh, there's, I would be careful. I'm always careful about this stuff, though. I'm, I'm paranoid. <laughs> I would probably just do them a couple at a time over the next so, few months. So the question I'd ask you, Mark, and, and I'll jump on the, the community if, if I remember after sleeping tonight. When you say previously, not previously added them to their website, does that mean that the ability to leave reviews was was on the website, but it wasn't being used, or there was never the ability to leave a review on the website, and all of a sudden you added this capability, right? I can see there being a difference there in Google's eyes, whether, you know, because I think they understand that if the functionality wasn't there before and now it is, um, there's a difference between it was there, it was sitting there, nobody ever used it, and all of a sudden there's a whole bunch of reviews I think there's a difference. But like you said, Ross, I don't think either one of those is going to be a huge impact either way. I don't think you're going to get you're not going to get penalized. You're not going to be seen as manipulating the system if they're real reviews. Yeah, I mean, I got the impression of these were being copied from those other sites. And and you got to be first of all, be careful about that. Obviously, sometimes they have a pretty clear statement that you're not allowed to reuse this content. That's up to you whether or not you're going to do it. But that's uh, pretty clear usually. Also, you know, if you add well, the schema well, around, well, well both Sorry? examples that use it, I believe. I haven't heard of FIFO, but Trustpilot and Get Five Stars. I think those are companies specifically designed to help you gain reviews and publish them on your site. I'm not. I'm not sure about FIFO. I haven't seen that one before. So that's that's what I was thinking. He was talking about if you're using this service to help you get reviews for your business or your products, because there's a number of them out there. Yeah, there is, but he's, it's already collected a reasonable number of customer reviews. So once they add to the page, they're going to be all embedded all of a sudden. Right. I would be concerned that that much review schema just showing up out of nowhere could look... I mean, I, I'm getting the... I don't know. Maybe it's just my spidey senses that Google's getting a little sensitive it's, about schema. <laughs> it's Google. It's, it's your Google paranoia kicking in. It is. And that, hey, it saved me a number of times. So... Yeah, Mark, it's up to, you know, your own experience here. Um, like I say, I would be very careful about it, but uh, I'm gonna, I'm, I'll am i be the caution, so, paranoid side of things. So here's what I say, Mark. Test it and let us know if you get banned. <laughs> yes. Glad we could be of help. <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll inform everybody else that you took one for the team. <laughs> yes, post the case study. The client will love it. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, how helpful can we be? All right. Yeah, well, honestly, I think I think this is one of those situations where it's really going to depend on what mood Google's in the day they find your site. Mm-hmm. Seriously, right? Yeah. So, so in some cases, they'll be like, "Oh, this is fine." In other cases, they're going to be like, "Oh, damn the hell, you! You're going brim, fire and brimstone." Blah blah blah. Right? <laughs> you never know. <laughs> All right. Well, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Google Plus community page, easily found by searching SEO 101 on Google. Have a great week, and remember to tune into future episodes, which air at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, every Thursday on cranberry.fm. Thanks for listening, everybody.
The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited. It came on a night like any other. With power unlike anything else on Earth. Using beyond advanced active ingredients like bicyclopyrone, Acuron GT Post-Emergence Corn Herbicide is here to annihilate tough weeds. Advanced technology. Enhanced control. Talk to your Syngenta retailer about Acuron GT. Always read and follow label instructions.